Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. When investment performance matters, make sure your savings are with Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more. Neil, thank you very much for that. Now, legislation designed to regulate the gambling industry could push punters across the border into Northern Ireland to place bets, an online betting lottery operator has claimed. Research conducted on behalf of Lottoland found that nearly three quarters of daily gamblers in the south would seek out alternative forms of betting if the stricter measures and that potential introduction of caps are introduced. Well, shortly before coming on air, I spoke to Minister of State of the Department of Justice, James Brown, about these caps and if the regulation seeks to cap the amount individuals can stake to €10 and what they can win through betting to €3,000. Well, it's correct on one level. I'm surprised, though, however, at Latoland's assertions in the sense that it is currently the law. The law to bring in those caps was brought in in 2019 by then Minister David Stanton and it amended the 1956 Act. So this is the law. I assume if Latoland has a licence in Ireland that they're aware of this and they're complying with that law. And what Latoland has been saying in their statement today is that this is going to drive punters over the border to Northern Ireland because they'll be seeking ways to place, place more bets um, or higher bets and and places where there aren't limits on their winnings and that the same regulations aren't in place in the UK. Yeah, so certainly, as I say this, it is the law to date and we haven't seen flocks of people heading to the north to lay bets in that respect. Um, It's... The, the law is more lax in the north than what it will be in the Republic in certain areas and that's, that is true and I think what this will do will help to put pressure on Northern Ireland to strengthen up its legislation because it probably does have the weakest legislation in the United Kingdom but this is public health law and what is happening in Northern Ireland is no reason not to bring in stronger public health measures here in the Republic otherwise I think kind of the idea that you would anchor your public health law to what might be the least protective jurisdiction either in the UK in Northern Ireland or the EU you for that matter is not a way to do good public health law. So we are confident this is really necessary and will have to protect the okay. public. And I totally reject a lot of land's assertions. Um, just in terms of how that law as it currently stands then affects people or, or if there will be any changes to it. For example, if you go to a horse race, will there be a limit or is there a limit on how much you can place in terms of a bet and how much you can win? No, so again, the limits that are in place and that are being carried over into the new legislation only affect certain types of gambling. So lottery gambling, for example, uh, bingo, which is considered to be a lottery and other types of, say, for example, poker bets. It doesn't, ev- uh, um, it doesn't affect betting, say, on horse racing or sports uh, types of betting, so it doesn't. So a lot of what you're talking about there is, is actually aimed at sort of smaller gambling, really, and, and smaller lotteries and bingo and, and, and things like that. Um, what then about the National Lottery? Because we spoke with the gambling regulator, Henry Caulfield, uh, on this show in January and we asked her about the issue of the lotto um, and how they're currently under a separate, separate regulator. And she said that that's a matter for government as to whether or not they'll come under her remit. Uh, will they? Will the National Lottery come under the remit of the gambling regulator? Um, not under current legislation as drafted and has passed. So the National Lottery has its own regulator, has its own bespoke legislation and comes under the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform. And any proposals to change that would have to come from the Department of Public Expenditure Reform and would have to be approved by government. There is an added complication with the National Lottery as it is run by a way of a contract to a, a private company and that contract I think runs to about 2030. So look, there's no question, look, the lottery is gambling, but as mm. I say, it does have 
have its own regulator, does have its own bespoke legislation. And uh, as I say, as long as that contract would have entered into with what the existing law at the time was. But I think it's a matter that will be kept under review and I'd be probably somewhat surprised that when that contract comes up for review, I think it's in 2029 or 2030, that it doesn't probably you know, be pushed into or come under the gambling law so regulation. So that, w- that would be your intention if, if you were still in place, for example. Is that what you would like to see, that when that contract is up, that the National Lottery comes under the gambling regulator? Yeah, I think it's certainly something that will have to be very carefully looked at at that time. And I, I think once that contract is coming to an end, it'd probably be difficult to continue to argue for it not to come under the gambling legislation. And I think it'd be more efficient and more effective. But obviously, that'll be a matter for the government of the time. Yeah. Certainly not and what I difference would decide. that make to the lotto and the national lottery as, as it operates at the moment, the ads that they run, all of that? Well, I suppose what it would do is streamline all of the regulations around uh, the advertisements and, and that. I think there are, obviously, there's controls in place at the moment in relation to the National Lottery uh, in that respect under the Department of Public Expenditure Reform. And as I say, it has its own regulator mm. as well. But would the watershed, for example, then apply for the National Lottery ads? You wouldn't be able to advertise that until after nine o'clock? If it came under the... Um, the legislation, the gambling legislation as currently uh, set out, yeah, that would be the case okay. at that point in time. Okay, and that is something you'd like to but, see happen. Yeah, but obviously it's a matter for the government of that date. Of that date, all right. So you're saying nothing can be done in relation to the National Lottery. What then about Bauer Media and the cash machine? And again, this is something we've discussed on this show and, and the gambling regulator said to us, equally, this is something that, that is currently under the, the other legislation, the lottery mm-hmm. legislation. Um, is that something that can and should be under the gambling regulator? Yes, and it very much will be. So it is It is currently governed by legislation. I think part of the challenge we've had to date is even with the weak legislation that's there, it's uh, it's not really being enforced because there's there's weak enforcement mechanisms. So what you see with the Gambling Regulatory Authority is very powerful enforcement mechanisms around it. So what you'll see a lot, uh, so it will be. But those types of um, uh, the cash machines, if you like, are currently regulated under existing law. Under the existing lottery law, though, lotto law, is it? No, under the gambling, uh, under gambling legislation. Okay, under so does that Act. mean then under this new legislation, if it's going to be co- covered under the new legislation, I mean, at the moment, the, the cash machine is advertised across a range of different um, radio stations, you know, multiple times per day, well before the watershed. Does that mean that under this new legislation, that won't be allowed to happen? Yeah, it'll be governed by all of the regulations that will apply under the new legislation. That includes advertisement uh, regulations, it includes child protection and includes all of the other regulations that will be in there as social protection rules. Okay, um, I want to ask you, actually you mentioned child protection, I wanted to ask you about age verification because, you know, in, as part of child protection there is a public health matter, matter due to concerns of, of teenage gambling and indeed child gambling um, and, and, and because children have access now to gambling apps and, you know, it's, it's very hard to stop that unless there's age verification. Is that something that you're looking at? No, absolutely and, and exactly and it's one of the points and motivations behind this legislation. There was a hullabaloo if you like, probably about 12 years ago around a casino opening and possibly opening a Tipperary and how that would increase gambling. Every 10-year-old is going around with a casino in their back pocket now and it's a, it's a very concerning situation. So we are having very strong child protection measures brought in with this legislation and very strong enforcement powers, including uh, criminal conviction up to seven years for breaches of those child protection measures. And the licences will be tied to those protection measures as well. So any organisation, any company who's breaching those child protection measures can have 
have their licence removed, heavily fined, and as I say, may face criminal prosecution and fines related to turnover as well. So there'll be no case of someone, say, for example, prepared to pay a large fine because it pays them even more to break the law. They will face a very serious sanction if they breach child protection measures. And are they able not to if there's no clear way of of checking uh, age verification? Well, the onus would be on the organisation and there won't be any free pass if they break the law and that's for certain. So they will have to figure out how they're going to do that. The regular authority will help to guide them in that respect as well. But they will have to comply with the law. And as I say, the law will be very strict in this area. Um, a lot of people with agree, will agree and do agree, Minister, with what you're doing in terms of bringing in this gambling regulation and, uh, regulator and the gambling legislation. Um, very many others, particularly in the industry, perhaps unsurprisingly, don't agree with it. And I know you'll be well aware of Horse Racing Ireland's um, particular concerns around all of this, that, for example, it will preclude, preclude, they believe, bookmaker advertising between 5.30 and 9pm, even on Racing TV, which is a subscription channel uh, which broadcasts all Irish racing. And they're saying that's going to make racing coverage in Ireland economically unviable. Yeah, so look, uh, there's, there's probably not a single section in the legislation that I don't have a letter on at this point in time saying we fully agree with everything you're doing, Minister, but we don't like the bit that affects us. And um, We've made an awful lot of concessions for horse racing in this country in, in terms of making allowances for horse racing tracks. Anything you can see on a horse race today on television, you will be able to see after this legislation passes. So we're allowing, for example, incidental advertising around horse racing tracks will be able to show on a television. It's not ideal, but we you know I think that's an allowance that has to be made. And it's the same, for example, example, for Premiership football, um, if there's advertisement on those jerseys, you'll still be able to see that that uh, sponsorship or advertisement on the jerseys. We're not blocking that out. Again, not ideal, but I think there has to be a bit of element of common sense here that people need to be able to see sporting activities. But around the advertising piece, you know, um, I, I know what the, some of the racing TV channels are saying about subscription, mm. but every channel is subscription at this stage. I don't see how you could make an exemption for two stations and then, for example, terrestrial television not having the same exemptions. I think that would create a very unfair uh, competition situation as well. So, mm. so Well, they'll say, of course, every channel is not subscription. I mean, RT is not subscription. Let's <laughs> count the TV licence and that's a whole other debate that we won't get yeah. into right now. But they will say, you know, that this is specifically you're paying for, for this particular service and it's 10 year olds aren't subscribing to racing TV it's the adults who are doing that yeah, but the, I suppose the situation, look, uh, even with terrestrial television like RT, you know, most people are actually paying subscription in some shape or form for their provider. So you are getting into kind of murky legal definitions. And when you get into court on those types of definitions, as someone who practiced law for 13 years, um, it can be quite challenging. I know what you're saying uh, in relation to the subscription side of it, but I, I don't think you can make that distinction. I think it would create a very okay. unfair practice. And this is about, you know, we have seen in the most, say, the last 10 years, and absolute uh, you know avalanche of gambling advertising in the horse racing industry as well as other areas as well and you know this has to this has to be gotten under control because yes we're, our primary purpose is protecting children and protecting vulnerable people but every person who has a, was a gambling addict wasn't at some point they took that first bet they seen that advertisement for a bet mm. and they went along uh, if like a spectrum people don't wake up in the morning you know and become a gambling addict for no reason they started off betting safely and what we want to do is allow safe betting but also make sure that people are not inundated with these types of gambling advertisements as well Yeah and I do understand what you're saying I do, I, but I wonder 
to what extent you would uh, sympathise or accept that there will be an economic impact on the industry, the betting industry, the gambling industry as a result of this. I mean, if I bring you back to Barrow Media just for, for a moment, if Barrow Media is not able to advertise, you know, throughout the day on radio stations, the whole uh, the whole concept of, of, of the cash machine is that they're giving you an um, uh, amount of money um, at a particular time in the day and they remind you to call so that you can win the amount of money. If they can't do that until nine o'clock at night, the whole thing becomes unviable, doesn't it? Look, it's certainly become challenging. There's no question about it. I have huge sympathy for the horse racing industry. I, I come from a horse racing county. I grew up around uh, horse racing people and I think it's a, it's an absolutely fantastic sport that Ireland can people Ireland can be so, so proud of. And we're one of the, the top in the world, if not the top in the world, at it. This is not about stopping horse racing. As I say, everything you see on a horse race today, you'll be able to see once this legislation passes. It's only around hard advertising of gambling between horse races at that particular time. That has become pervasive. That wasn't always the case. You go back 15, 20 years ago, horse racing was sponsored by banks, by mutual societies, by other types of industry. It is now almost exclusively gambling. Not all, not exclusively, but very close to it at this point in time. Okay. And, I, and I've had numerous correspondence from certain uh, positions within the horse racing sector saying about how gambling is now essential part of horse racing. But, you know, it, it, it really shouldn't be. Okay, okay. Um, I want to ask you finally about uh, comments that you made a little earlier in the year. Uh, last month, indeed, you criticised RT's failure to hold a balanced discussion on the impact of new gambling laws. Um, that was during horse racing coverage over Christmas. I just wondered, did you want to expand on that or, or, or not? No, look, I, I suppose, look, it's just important when these discussions are happening. And I don't think there was any intent behind that. I think it was a discussion that just started up. But I think everybody has to be aware that, you know, this legislation is going through, that there, uh, while horse racing is so important to, to Ireland, that there's, an, there's also a huge societal damage as a result of gambling. People are losing their homes, they're losing their jobs, families are being destroyed as a result of gambling addiction, and it is getting worse. So I think it's just to ensure that there is that balance any time that discussion is happening around gambling and its effects on our society. All right, thank you very much for joining us this evening, Minister of State James Brown. Thank you. And we did reach out to Barrow Media for a comment regarding the cash machine. They didn't have anyone available to respond this evening.